Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families I have Leilani Murt-Noor and she's joining us to be talking about the topic surrounding decision making in venture creation for the next generation and I know you're all familiar with the fact that family businesses these days are becoming more entrepreneurial families and instead of just focusing on one business they're diverting into different other businesses so we're going to be exploring this topic with Leilani welcome Leilani thank you so much Cece for the invitation I'm happy to be here uh, speaking on this topic yes thank you and I would just like you to just uh, tell my audience a little bit about yourself and the amazing work that you're doing in your part of the world Okay, so um, I am the uh, the CEO of Bina Pavo, uh, which is a family business advisory firm in Malaysia. Um, we consider ourselves boutique, uh, meaning that uh, we specialize uh, specifically on family business advisory. Um, we are small. Um, but we, we are serious about what we do. Um, we have um, a range of clients uh, from small, medium to large businesses. Um, particularly, we look into um, succession planning, uh, hence um, looking very much into next generation um, development and training, uh, which includes also coaching. And also, we help families to come up with their family constitution. So uh, pretty much that is the core of what we do, other than um, looking into investments and also wealth preservation for the family. Yes. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And you're based in Malaysia, that's correct? Correct. We are based in Malaysia. Um, our office is in Shah Alam. Um, that's about um, half an hour, uh, depending on the traffic. <laughs> it can be about one hour to Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital city of uh, Malaysia. So we do handle, um, but mostly we do handle cases within Kuala Lumpur, Shah Alam area. But we do have clients as far as, you know, four hours away or, or five hours away. Uh, particularly in Penang, um, Ipoh, and also in Johor. Okay. Now, talking about the topic that we chose to discuss today, decision-making and venture creation for the next generation, can you tell me a little bit about your experience in this space and um, also helping next generations to decide if they want to go into a, a new venture that's outside the family business? Okay, so um, from what we've seen, um, not just through our advisory and consultancy, because I am also an active researcher. Um, I have been doing that for the past 10 years, um, and I'm still uh, very much active. I am affiliated, um, you know, um, co-authoring with uh, some professors 
from some local universities as well as universities in, in the US. So uh, we do look into um, next generation when they want to venture into, into something else. Um, and uh, most of the time, what we see is usually the next gen will say that my parents are not supportive with what I want to do. Um, they will say that, um, you know, uh, my parents are not taking my ideas seriously. Or, you know, they say that my parents are trying to convince me to be more involved in the business rather than um, creating a new uh, or creating a new venture. So those are some of the, the pains that I hear from uh, next generation, but uh, of course we we you know sitting down with them, then we do strategize on how the next generation can communicate and speak and influence their their parents um, uh, in, in venturing into something something new. And venturing into something new, it's something that has become very, um, wouldn't say trendy, it's become a hallmark of enterprising families where the next gen sometimes feel that they don't really belong in the, in the business that's there or they want to add value by, add, or by opening another business that would support the current business. Is that correct? Yes, correct. So most of the time, what we see is, um, uh, you know, when families has anything more than three children in the family, uh, you know, and it's a bit difficult for them to find a space, you know, uh, within the family business, especially the business is, is, is small or medium. Yeah, so, um, and at the same time, it does um, also involve um, they are, whether they are interested in it or whether they, they think that it's something that they want to do now, you know, because the younger generation, sometimes they want to explore something new. And if the parents are in a very conventional business, they feel that their skill and what they've learned is more appropriate if they were to test it out there. Yeah. So, um, so conditions like, um, Sometimes it's too crowded for the family, all the family members to be involved in the business at this point of time or a combination of that or uh, the fact that they want to try something new. And, um, and most of the time, what I hear from the younger generation are more into either creative work or uh, technology. And how has the response been from the the older generation or the founder generation because I know with most parents the want or the need is to have your child obviously join your business and continue the legacy within the business how is the response when the children say they want to venture out and and start their own thing they want to venture out and and find their own feet and obviously sometimes with wanting to support um, the family business through the venture that they're setting up? Yeah, so most of the time from our experience, we do hear uh, parents not um, 
not supportive of what the children wants to do, uh, especially if what the children has proposed requires some kind of investment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if they are out on, out on their own without getting the parents involved or tapping into the resources of the business, of the family business, uh, most of the time parents they say, okay, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. You know, but the challenge comes when the child needs to to leverage on the available resources within the family business. And, and uh, when we speak to the parents, usually we say, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got a marketing team ready. You've got an accounts team ready. You've got, you know, some office space somewhere which are, is being left idle, right? So these are some of the resources that you can allow your ch child to use rather than him having to rent an, an office space elsewhere, you know, um, and, and this works, you know, um, wonderful, especially the fact that the children will feel, ah, oh, my parents are supportive, yeah, uh, most of the time, uh, parents, uh, to some extent in Malaysia, are not supportive of mm -hmm. the children wanting to venture into something else, because as you say, Sisi, they want the child to be involved in the family business. Yes. Right. So, so um, you know, so when we do speak to families, we say that, you know, we can't really force them to be involved in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, if they want to do something else, then perhaps there's some, that's where they have to meet halfway. Yeah, maybe spend 70% of their time on the venture that they want to get involved in and then spend some time also in the family business just so that they understand what's going on and that they are totally not disengaged from the family business mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so in that way you know um the fact that the parents and the child is able to still connect uh through that you know that that small space where you you they can speak with regards to the family business yes um, and obviously, from what you're mentioning, the importance of also recognizing that there's still owners in the family business that's already being set up, that's already um, running, and uh, they will at some point as owners um, be shareholders and be able to, to contribute to the decision of that business. Correct. Yes, correct. Yeah, yes. And... So how have you how have you assisted or what advice have you given to um, the two generations of the, as they try to navigate this space? Because like I, I was mentioning before, we are seeing a, a rise in, 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 in this type of development where family businesses are becoming more family, family enterprises. There's no longer that focus on just that one family business and, and it's now the encouragement that you know what as a as a family we're enterprising that means we can have investments in different businesses and the opportunity for the next gen to pioneer these investments is a definite plus for the family yes exactly uh, you're, you're absolutely right uh, cc because even research have shown that if the business is of a medium to large um um, if if the business is just maintaining one business, once the business gets into you know, once the family gets into a third generation, then it be, the space becomes too crowded, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So when when families allow, um, you know, the possibility of creating venture, other ventures, um, either as a subsidiary that supports the main business or a totally different industry that does not, you know, uh, that makes the business totally diversified. Um, we, uh, you know, research have shown that families who are enterprising and and invest into other ventures, uh, providing a space for the next generation to, to invest and venture into, those kind of families will do better in the long run. The family business will, will continue to prosper in the long run, as opposed to having just one core business, unless you're, you know, unless the business is super big, yeah, uh, then it's a different matter. But, you know, if it's a medium to large, you know, uh, it's, it's chances of survival mm -hmm. for it to continuously be passed over from one gen to the other is the idea of having a portfolio of businesses within the core. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. And looking at um, conversations with, with, with the next gen, like you said before, the with, with the current generation with the business their business already flourishing and their businesses being um what the family has grown up knowing and the family has heavily invested in how do you best advise the next gen when they when they're embarking on this communication how do i speak to mom and dad and say you know what mom and dad uh, at, at this moment, I think I'd like to explore my own entrepreneurial uh, spirit and see where it takes me without me necessarily having to join the family business. And I can still contribute to the family business, but I'd rather, I would at this point in time trying to discover myself. Yeah, so well, we, we have one particular case whereby um, uh, the next gen wanted to explore uh, into something else overseas, yeah, <laughs> not even in Malaysia, um, overseas. So, um, and, and what, from, from what we hear and the, the, the conversations that we've had with this family is that, um, and this is a good example. To me, this is a good example. And I use this example when we speak to other families, yeah? So, so uh, when we, we, we ask the next gen and we ask the parents, how, how did both of you, you know, come to an agreement that you're gonna support, you know, what your son is doing and, you know, going into a new venture, overseas yeah? mm -hmm. uh, um, so he said that you know i make sure that um i treat this as you know the father told me that you know we treat this as something um as a, a as a, a an investment you know a venture so we do it properly doesn't mean that he's my son i'm just gonna just you know, listen to his idea and say, okay, let's do this. You know, so he said that I get my son to come up with a proposal, you know, and do the market research. And at the same time, he said that I get my, you know, the people that I have in my company, you know, to, to validate what my son is doing, you know, to make sure that, you know, the research that he's doing, you know, is, is in line with, with what, you know, the main company's direction is heading into. Mm -hmm. So they go back and forth, back and forth. And then when they find that this is something that, you know, the, the, the main family business, the core business can invest in, then they say, okay, this is something that we can invest in. So I think um, 
looking back, you know, when we do speak to other families, other children, other parents, we say that um, it's important that the, the children comes up with a real proposal. And many a times, when we speak to the next gen of other families, yeah, we notice that, you know, they say, oh, I told my parents, you know, I want to do this and I want to get into, you know, that kind of business and we require this kind of investment. And then when I ask them, did you speak to your father? And he said, yes. How did you speak to your father? Well, I had a conversation sitting down with him. Did you come up with financials, presentation slides, you know, pull out your laptop, you know? And he said, no, you know. So then we fall back to the to this, this example that I was telling you earlier, you know, because mm -hmm. in this example, and, and we find that um, it worked for that family. And we say, you know, you have to, because you are trying to get um, the buy-in from your father and, you know, and in other words, you're trying to get your father's business to invest in your business. Mm -hmm. You've got to treat this as, as something serious whereby, you know, just imagine as if you are going to pitch this idea mm -hmm. to an investor. You know, you got to look at your father and say, you know, and think of him as an investor and not just as your father. Because if you just think of him as your father, who's going to throw some money to you to start a business, mm -hmm. then, you know, um, if he were to just throw the money to you, then it's more of, you know, a father-child relationship. The father just want to you know, mm -hmm. throw that money to him. But if you treat your father as, as an investor as well, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then your father will be more supportive because then he knows that you are serious mm. about mm. this business and you're not just talking about it, you're serious. You know, when you show financials, when you show your market research, when you show, you know, data about what, you know, what's out there and the possibility of, of, of the business um, growing and you know and how much I, ROI you know you can get out of that mm -hmm. you know like any other investors any other businessman they will feel excited about that you know so you need to get your father excited about what you're getting into you know mm -hmm. right you cannot get your father excited into creative industry if you want your father to invest in creative industry you mm -hmm. know because he may not understand creative industry but he understands business mm -hmm. right so yeah. you need to show him why you know your father needs to invest in the creative industries because of the possibility that it can come you know with with you know that kind of investment so so that is one example and I completely agree with what you're saying, because when looking at it from um, an objective point of view, you are looking as a, a business um, owner or someone who wants to embark on a business for an investor. And mm. yes, this might be your father, this might be your mother, but at the end of the day, you're asking them to invest resources, you're asking them to invest financially into a venture so they have to see what advantage it is for them and how appropriately they can come in and then looking at that what are the ways um i know you listed some ways um when we started talking about how um the the current generation or the parent generation or whether it's brothers or sisters who are investing in this new venture could add on value 
um, like providing um, rental space where the new mm-hmm. venture could um, start operating from, allowing them access to finance, uh, accountants, marketing teams, and so forth. Is that always an ideal way of investing or is there other ways that they can invest in uh, which are also measurable? Uh, Okay, so I think um, those are some of the basic resources that the family has, whereby the next gen can leverage on, right? So, um, you know, if we look into other ways, I may not understand your question. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, yes. I'm just thinking like the basic ways that we both agree. These are the basic ways that um, the family can uh, invest in new ventures from the next gen. Which mm-hmm. other ways um, is it they can invest it in monetary wise? Um, can they also invest it by even forming up an advisory board for this new venture? Ah, okay. So I get you. So um, there's another example whereby um, this this family they actually have um, they call it a supreme council, and the supreme council uh, consists of um, the heads of subsidiaries, yeah, of the family business. So um, the decision uh, is, or rather, the proposal is tabled to the council. Yeah, um, and uh, and uh, each of the subsidiary CEOs or leaders will then evaluate and they come up with a decision whether the business should invest in it. Yeah, so um, other than just presenting to your parents, you know, at, you know, larger companies, depending on how um, the business is being set up, um, would have in this example, um, a, they call themselves a Supreme Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, and uh, there is another example whereby, as you mentioned, um, not so much an advisory board, but you know, uh, the father has like a trusted advisor mm-hmm. and, and, and gets the, the son to speak to the trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so this is another example. But if we are looking at other ways of the child uh, or, or the next gen, um, other ways of getting investment. So in Malaysia currently, what is very popular right now mm-hmm. is crowdfunding. Okay. Yeah, crowdfunding. so uh, yeah, crowdfunding. So, so um, how it goes is they will register in one or two of the um, legalized, you know, more standard commercialized um, crowdfunding platforms mm-hmm. in Malaysia, mm-hmm. right? And one of the ways to do this is to get other investors to get into into investing into the business. So what what the next gen can do is to get the family mm-hmm. and friends mm-hmm. to invest through this crowdfunding other than getting other investors to 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 invest in it mm. yes uh, so so in that way the family can spread the risk as well right yes. uh, they can yeah they can suggest say you know i'm allowing 20% or 10% for 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 uh, crowdfunding but the remaining will you know the remaining will hold will be held by the by the family 
or, or buy the next gen. Yeah, so, the, so that means the father can invest or the business can invest, you know, and, and get other kind of, of, of investment from other people. And that seems to be quite um, popular right now in Malaysia. A lot of next generation are using that platform because, you know, times are bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm sad bad and and, and uh, you know family businesses are also being careful uh, in in how they spend and what they do uh, and hence uh, having the next gen to look for alternative funding mm -hmm. which is crowdfunding allows the family to stretch a little bit um, at the same time be able to invest a little bit also into what the next gen is trying to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much, Leilani, for sharing with us today and for just highlighting different ways in which the two generations or multiple generations can come together and continue the enterprising route that the family has already embarked on and continue investing in ventures that are pioneered by family members and ultimately continue to create generational wealth in different ways and exploring the different technological advancements that are happening and integrating them into their different businesses. Is there any last parting word you would like to share with our audience with regards to this topic? Yeah, okay. So I think I think the most important part whereby the next generation needs to do if they want their parents or the current gen to, to listen to them, you know, at least hear them out, is make sure when you have that conversation, you don't just come with just words. Make sure you come with some paperwork. Yeah, some kind of simple presentation, not an extensive one. You know, treat it as if you're trying to do an elevator pitch, right? Treat it as, as if you're presenting to an investor. Yeah, because, you know, um, first impression is very important. Doesn't mean that you are the, you know, you are the son or the daughter of a businessman that you do not require that first impression from your parents. You do. Yeah, so be prepared, have some kind of presentation ready, some kind of calculations, financials ready, so that the conversation that you have with your parents is more fruitful, is more meaningful, it becomes more effective, at the same time becomes more efficient, because then they, you know, your parents will, will see that this is not just an idea. This is serious matter that my child is trying to propose to me. Yeah. So, so be ready with all that and not just, you know, conversations without any, any um, backup uh, materials. That would be my last parting words. Brilliant. Thank you so, so yes. much, Elani. I mm -hmm. appreciate you and the time you spent with us this morning. You're most welcome, Cece. Thank you so much for the invitation and I wish you all the best and stay safe to you and to everyone everywhere. Mm -hmm.